Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm the ox. And I'm the rat. Where's your where's your rat sound to accompany your rat intro? Squeak squeak. <laughs> you know, it's funny, uh my I have a new dog and uh we're trying to feed her really well and um like all natural and all that junk. Just like me. And um we got her uh my mom went out and got her a uh a a an ox? No, it was a bull a bull penis. <laughs> and she's carrying That's yeah, she's carrying it around the house. It just looks like a it could be like a rawhide stick, but it's not raw rawhide. And you wouldn't notice it and then when I knew what it was, I was like, "Oh yeah, there it is." And I'm just watching my my little puppy like walk around the house with this bull penis. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Te- technically it's an ox penis, isn't it? Is an ox a bull? No. Um yeah, I think they're the same thing. Hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, because I, I had to get the picture for the ox and the rat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. Okay. Well, let's get started because I know we don't have much time. We're actually uh, we usually do this in reverse, and I'm usually starting my work day, but you're about to start yours, right? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got about. Maybe 20 minutes, so this will be a bit shorter of an episode. Cool. All right. Well, let's get started then. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I, too, am ready. This one's called The Hares and the Frogs. Hares, as you know, are very timid. The least shadow sends them scurrying in fright to a hiding place. Once they decided to die rather than live in such misery... But while they were debating how best to meet death, they thought they heard a noise and in a flash were scampering off to the warren. On the way they passed a pond where a family of frogs was sitting among the reeds on the bank. In an instant, the startled frogs were seeking safety in the mud. Look, cried a hare, things are not so bad after all, for here are creatures who are even afraid of us. Do you want to guess the moral of this tale? Um, okay, so let me do a little breakdown. I was half thinking about other things, so let's see if I got this right. Um, some frogs sitting somewhere, I don't know if they mentioned, and then rabbits came along and the frogs got scared, went in the water. essentially. All right, easy one. Um, so... The moral would be even weak things can be scary, too. Uh, Happy cool. Halloween. <laughs> Where's your spooky sound? <laughs> what was that? All right. Yeah, no, you're pretty bang on there. Uh, it's However unfortunate we may think we are, there's always someone worse off than ourselves. So perspective is everything, I suppose, is another way of putting it. And I usually start these things, but uh, I'll give you the floor if you wish um, to to begin. However unfortunate we may think we are, there is always someone worse off than ourselves. It's interesting that they think about the, uh, like, 
being scared, I guess, running away, that's worse off. I guess being weaker is worse off in this fable, right? Well, feeling weaker, right? Because the fe- being afraid is a feeling, not necessarily a reality. I suppose the frog could have stood up and jumped at the rabbit a bit. But yeah, there is an element of weakness there. There is an inherent difference between a hare and a frog, strength and whatever wise. So yeah, mm-hmm. what say ye? So okay, so what 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 was it again? <laughs> However unfortunate we may think we are, there is always someone worse off than ourselves. Oh yeah, that's uh, well, living abroad. Ah, I'm glad you went and- there. That's where I was gonna go. Go ahead. And traveling abroad, too. Um, that is recommended by me and millions of other people. Um, I've been all over Southeast Asia, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Myanmar, all that. Um, and into Africa as well, to a few countries. So just going there, and uh, it's not like in the fable where the rabbit's happy, but it gives you an, an eye-opening as to how other people live. So you, hopefully you're a little bit less uh, whiny and complainy when you got uh, problems of your own. Because we have it pretty good overall. At least I do. Yeah, it's the whole first world problems thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a really good point. Um, I've got a lot of entry points on this, and I'll I'll second that. I think one of the problems that people have today, uh, having taught here <laughs> and abroad, is uh, the relative safety that privilege gives people. You know, like people just don't need to worry about being worried, and uh, that's quite a luxury in and of itself. You know, even waking up and knowing that you have food is quite is quite the uh the privilege and some depending on where you are knowing where you go to sleep and where you go to school for that matter um but yeah we've been around right um i think that the country that really the trip that really did it for me was uh, when we went to uh myanmar mm-hmm. uh, that <laughs> that was eye-opening um but even living it for as long as i did in in certain places you know it was five years um it was i was just so used to like to being like this is this is my new normal now that is normal right changes your perspective i don't know whether that's for good or bad but yeah having the perspective that people lack today getting the opportunity to travel abroad and have a career abroad for at least for a short period of time i think is really important and i don't and i think it goes way beyond you know tourism right i think tourism is part of the problem because you get uh, you get funneled into the tourist traps and the and the the areas that the people at the government or whoever whomever wants you to be to go and uh, you don't get to see what it's really like. But I think in a lot of those trips, I mean, t- largely due to a lack of organization and planning, uh, me and you got to see a lot of things that a lot of other people didn't. And I'm I feel better off for having done that because you know my problems don't seem like that big of a problem yeah that's a good point about there's probably a lot of people that just sit in thailand at a resort don't really see anything not that you have to go wander into like a 
some shanty town or something like that, but definitely gives it uh, uh, gives you a better understanding of uh, how these people like where they're going after they're done serving you your breakfast or whatever. Oh, yeah. and just wake up, get everything handed to you. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, I don't know beyond that. Like you know, my personal story, of course. I I'm like the lucky. I got. I got lucky with my cancer, right? Like, could have been something else. I don't know if it works that way. Like, like, oh, you get this cancer, you get that one. Probably specific reasons why I got the specific kind I did. But it was the highest uh, survivability of the of lymphoma. It was the most treatable. You know, I'm I'm lucky <laughs> in that sense. And then somebody else is born, and then a baby's born with leukemia, right? Like. Pfft, Mm-hmm. You get some people. You just get dealt a bad hand, right? And beyond that, like, just the sheer luck <laughs> of of being who I am on a daily basis, being where I am. You know, like I'm talking about. Uh, I was talking to you before, and like uh, thinking of buying a house, or you know, going into that area and making this uh, this move back to my homeland permanent. Mm-hmm. And like. And it's amazing how I'm I'm like pitying myself sometimes, <laughs> like like oh well, wouldn't it be nice if oh I wish I had I wish I had this while well, there are people living on the streets. So it's all rel- relative, I suppose. You know, um, I'm not usually the kind of person that you know uh, what's what's that commandment? Covet. Yep. Covets other people's stuff. I'm pretty good with with a li- with very little, um, but you know it, it just brings it home that like i've i've got a pretty damn good even despite everything that's happened yeah the hard part about having these experiences and and uh, just living your normal day-to-day life is you get used to it like you're saying before and then you those little life lessons wear away pretty quickly like you might go to a place and be like ah oh, damn uh, this is how people are living, or wow, we got it good, or whatever. And then by the time you get back from your vacation or wherever you went, you're just back to normal. So I guess the key for us in those rabbits is to uh, remember that fact. And when you get down or when you get complaining about something, then we got to remember, uh, I guess it's not so bad. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, studying uh, cooperative learning at the moment um and a, a lot of things that we're touching on in class or in the readings have come across in par- as part of this DEI you know diversity and inclusion uh, equality and inclusion uh movement and i can't i can't help but find a lot of parallels between them like you know they were saying okay so canada's super diverse right i mean nobody would argue that canada's not um, fairly multicultural country right at least in the metropolis right and that's a good point to bring up already but then you zoom in even closer okay you know me i'm i'm super white my 23 and me profile will tell you that <laughs> but uh like i it it's interesting like i lived in england i lived in other countries and worked there and i live here and it's not you realize 
And studies show that it's not about being surrounded by diversity or others or other experiences that provides you with the empathy that we all need. It's, it's being, I don't want to use the word force, but I think there's a, an element to it, but, but like it's, it's having to interact, having a quality of interaction, not a quantity of it that changes people's perspectives. We have these selection biases that it's like, you know, people who have, who don't live in a diverse neighborhood, you know, they're right away, they're at a certain, they're never going to get to a certain level of empathy. People of color, for example, right? Um, whereas, you know, if you work in a diverse environment, that's another level that, that you know, you're, you're forced to interact with people and you have to talk to them. You have to, you have to live with them, but it could be your workplace too, right? Your workplace, you could have a very diverse workplace on paper, but everybody works individually, right? So it, that doesn't move the needle. And what we, what we really need is, I don't want to say enforced, although again, I think there's an element of it, but it's having quality interactions with people and I wonder to what extent I have done that, even though I have traveled so much. I think that from my perspective, all of those experiences were very, a lot of it was superficial, that, and even that helped. But, you know, I wasn't like I was, I was hanging out with locals all the time and, uh, you know, talking to them and, you know, partying with them. Well, that did happen sometimes. But you know what I mean? It, it's the yeah. quality and not the, not the superficial quantity of it. Mm-hmm. That's a good, uh, good little lesson there. Um, yeah, because my workplace is fairly diverse. We got people from mostly America, but a lot of uh, African American um, people working at my job or company. But uh, yeah, like you say, I see them every day, but I don't really necessarily hang out. Like maybe once. One of the one of the coworkers, maybe like once a month with another group, which isn't really diverse. Um, and yeah, having I think being forced one way you're kind of saying that is like just a friend. I think one way to uh, break into that kind of like experiencing other people, like a say for example, um, somebody who's gay or whatever bisexual or something early on in university i met uh this dude that was and you're just like okay just a normal guy not that i really had many prejudices prejudices before but i mean i didn't really know any gay people so it's just you know that is going to kind of soothe whatever maybe judgments you have or anger or whatever you might have or prejudice you might have against somebody once you know them as a human being now there's a danger there and you made a good important qualification now it can go the opposite direction right Mm, if all of your interactions with people are you know not even interactions per se but like if if your i if your ideas and understanding come through a filter like media right you know there are reasons why people of color, for example, are overrepresented in these negative contexts. That is not their fault, right? But that for a majority of people, I would say, of my 
my skin color and my background is their entire context, right? And in mm-hmm. that case, it reinforces stereotypes that you have heard. And stereotypes are, they're, they're very normal for people to have, right? They're like biases and we bias toward naturally, right? We put things into categories. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not justifying it but on a moral ground. I'm saying it's a biological imperative or we need to make sense of the world. So that's what we do. We categorize shit. But, mm-hmm. you know, if your categories are biased like that through some kind of filter that is not representative of reality, that is your reality, right? So like you're saying, yeah. you know, you could have a very diverse workplace and, and still harbor these prejudices, even though you, you encountered somebody in your in your day-to-day operations or your day-to-day activities right so there's a real danger there and i think and somebody is going to come and and find me and kill me from from the states here i'm sure but like i think that is what is amiss in the united states and to a degree in canada and in other western countries where we have problems with immigration is people as that immigrants are ghettoized and they're put into areas and and people who have power are never required to interact with them and these are the people who end up making our laws and determining how we think through a variety of means right so i think that that is the problem it's not that there aren't people there it's the fact that there is an effective filter that people have and they're able to wall themselves off literally in some cases right um from what's outside Mm -hmm. Well, I think what makes Canada work, as far as I've heard, um, is there's less ghettoization of, like there's more mixing of of immigrants. Um, And maybe that's because of the selection process. We have people that maybe are able to start at a different level or, or whatever. But if you look at like France or Paris or whatever, I think literally there are sections of um, like pockets are outside of the city. Um, England, and people man. Just, yeah. Yeah. Whew. So it's a lot harder to integrate into the society. And then you have, a, well, for France anyways, they're, from what I've heard, they're particular about uh, being French-speaking or not French-speaking. So then you got that against you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's true and, you know, uh, that's where I, I've come like full circle on this thing because of this one class. Although I've been complaining a lot about about my MED, and I'll continue to because that sure is a hell of a lot of money to pay for somebody to say these are readings I think you should read, and I will see you once a week. <laughs> yeah. When, I, when I've put it together, like that's what I'm paying for essentially. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, I think. Oh, where was I going with that? I lost that. What did I say beforehand? Ghettoization. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I've come full circle. You know, like affirmative hiring policies and all of that stuff. I used to think I used to have some some questions about it, but after reading like the actual research, and I mean like quantified, like uh, like research, not meta analysis or something like that, like real papers, real studies there's probably an important role to be played by the state in ensuring that there is some degree of forced equality or equity of opportunity. That's a, those are two tricky, tricky words. 
but equity of opportunity and some kind of some kind of mechanism to to force again tough difficult word but encourage people to interact with one another if we intend to have a successful society because we ain't having babies <laughs> so if we want to continue that we got to we got to figure out this immigration situation yeah and then like you say you have to actually uh you know i work with a kind of diverse staff but i don't really interact with them should i be forced to interact i don't know but maybe the one thing i should be i guess forced to do is have an open mind about it like if if one of those staff members is annoying or whatever that doesn't mean the whole group is going to be annoying so you have to have an open mind about uh like you're saying about your biases you can't have one person reinforce that bias and then just solidify it where you're like okay now everybody's like this which is seems common sense but i mean if you have one interaction with somebody that's negative that might last uh for a lifetime potentially and they do and that's the other key part that's so difficult and so important and we we say it all i say it all the time as an educator you got to be able to reflect and you need to be able to identify you need to know yourself before you can understand others that's for certain but hey we're going over time now i think you've got a life to live so do i we'll call this an abbreviated an abbreviated session so what what say ye uh However unfortunate we may think we are, there's always someone worse off than ourselves. Yes or no? Yes. Now, should it make you feel better? <laughs> it's a weird thing that it, that's going to make you feel better. No, but, it's not because it's all relative, right? You know, my, pro my concerns about getting a house are really valid. <laughs> they're, they're quite valid, but they're an order of magnitude less, less concerning than someone else's perhaps. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Oh yeah. Yay or nay? 100%. What what could I say, you know, the guy with the miracle cancer. <laughs> I'm lucky. Lucky to I was lucky to have the cancer I had. How how else could I how could I vote on this? So for that on that uh, on that note, I'm uh, I'm with the frogs, man. Or, or sorry, the hares. Look, things are not so bad after all. All here for here are creatures who are even afraid of us. Yes. There you go. There you have it. So, uh, remember, it's not so bad. Yeah, true. It ain't so bad, man. Actually, that, that's, been a, that's been a mantra of mine since I got into meditation. This too shall pass. Got it. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, man. Well, you get your, your day started. Um, say howdy to anybody we still actually know in common, which is probably nobody. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Good one. All right. Have a good night. Peace. Later. <laughs>